In the end of yesterday's Vad, we established a Yisoyed from the Rambam. The Rambam says that if a person does a Vidui, if he has, obviously every Vidui has to include remorse, because otherwise it's not even a Vidui, right? So that means a person had remorse, felt bad, he's upset at himself for doing what he did, and he really doesn't want to do it again because he has true charata and he spoke out his vidui to Hashem. And yet, if he doesn't have aziva sachet, means if he doesn't have a way of stopping doing the sin going forward, that's called a toivel v'sheretz biyadai. That's called <clears throat> dipping in the mikveh with holding on to the source of the Tumor. Okay? Toivel v'sharetz biyadai. So we explained that, of course, the charata had to be real. The vidui had to be real because if it's not real, then it's not even a toivel. It's not even dipping in the mikveh, right? So the guy really had uh, clear remorse and he said vidui, but he doesn't have aziva sachet. That's called... So we were trying to understand it because we said if a guy has real regret and real remorse in his mind at that point, he says, I'm not doing this Havera again. This Havera was terrible. This thing was horrible. I'm not doing it again. So what does it mean that the Ram is saying that you can have real Harata, real Vidui, but yet you're not planning on changing? What does that mean? You're not planning on changing. Then you don't have remorse, right? So we explained that what the Ramah means is that you don't have a clear plan how to deal with the challenge when you face it again. Of course, at the moment, you're very inspired and you're very moved not to sin again. But what's the clear plan when the challenge faces you again? What are you going to do then? That's what's called Toivel V'sharetz Biyad, Right? So there's a Meiri, I was saying it over yesterday to the Kolel and the Rambam Vad, the Rambam Hilkosh Tshuva, I give them a Vad. So I said over a Meiri that the Meiri gives like a marshal to this thing, interesting marshal, but when the Rishonim bring a marshal, you have to think into it. It says there was a Ze'ev, a wolf, that was pouncing on these little sheep and eating them. And he had charata that his whole life is ripping other people apart. So he traveled to the Zokin, to the old wolf, to learn from the old wolf how to do tshuva on his ways, uh, you know, and, and not to do, continue that behavior of pouncing on these little poor innocent sheep. As he's listening to the Vad, as he's listening to the Shir, in Hilchas Tshuva, all of a sudden, he notices this little Kifsa passing by. And then he's a little hungry now. And he sees this Kifsa, and he tells the Zaken of the wolves, uh, please hurry up on the Shir, I gotta go. So that was his marshal of Toivel V'sheretz Biyadai. Meaning, the wolf had real remorse. The wolf went to learn Hilchas Tshuva 
so to speak, from the Ze'ev Hazakein. But then when he was faced with the challenge again, his instincts took him over. And now he's hungry and now he's thinking about, I gotta get out of the shir and I gotta get to this kifsa before I lose this tremendous opportunity, right? So that's the point here. The point is that the harata was real. The remorse was real. The vidu was real. It was 100% real. And at that moment of inspiration, the person does not plan on doing that very again. But what does it mean that he's lacking Aziva Sachet? What are you going to do when you see the Kifsa again? What are you going to do when you see that little sheep again? What's the plan? That's the way we ended off last Vat. So somebody reached out to me and said, well, if Tshuva, the Hainu Harot and Vidui, without a plan, is a Toivo Vesheretz Biyodoi, which means that the Harot and the Vidui doesn't work. That's how Reb Chaim is Medayik in the Rambam. That it's not the child is that the harot and the vidu worked, but you become a kame again because you're holding on to the sherit, so it's going to happen again. But rather, a person who's toivel the sherit viyodai hagami did the ma'isat vila, hagami did all the parts that it takes to become pure. But if you're holding on to the sherit, you're not going to. It's not considered a tefila in the first place. So he asked me. He says, "You look in the Yom Kippur Machzor, and we read these long viduim." And it says so many different things over there. So even if on Yom Kippur you're very holy and you're very inspired and you're at a high level and you actually feel bad about everything that it says over there in the Vidui and you're sincere when you say your Vidui but you don't have a plan for all those things that it says in the book. So how do we do this? It's a, Yom Kippur should be a toivel for Sheretz Biyoda. that a good question, Rabbi Say? Huh, Joey? What do you say? Ah, Moishi. So we have to start the sugya of what we call the Aziva Sachet and the Kabbalah Lawsuit. Okay? So this is really a big sugya, and we'll take one step at a time. Okay? Now remember, this work that we're gonna do on how to make changes, meaning Kabbalah Lawsuit, and what's going to be the plan, Lamaisa, when we are faced with the challenge a second time is a big work and it's a work that's going to span the entire Aserasimei That means the real plan that you're going to come up with is something that you're really going to come up with like towards Ne'ila. It's something that you really have to think about and work on. It's not just a quick uh, decision without really understanding the true nature of the challenge that you're going to have going forward. Okay? So, but let's try to explain a little bit the process. Before we get to the practical, let's try to understand the process. So, the first step in making Kabbalah La'asid is what we call Chuvas Rosh Hashanah. Now, Chuvas Rosh Hashanah is a very interesting Chuva. Because Chuvas Rosh Hashanah does not mention any sin whatsoever. Not only do you not mention it, you're not allowed to mention it. So there's absolutely no charata. There's absolutely no vidui. And there's no kabbalah la'asid. Because you're not mentioning the sin. So what exactly about Rosh Hashanah is tshuva? Because Rosh Hashanah is part and parcel of aserah simeha tshuva. Okay? And it's not just part and parcel. It's the 
unbelievably necessary ingredient. And the proof to that is, because if, logically speaking, we should have Yom Kippur before Rosh Hashanah. Because Rosh Hashanah is a Yom Hadin. It's a day that you're being judged, right? And you're being judged on last year's behavior. The only thing that can uproot last year's behavior is tshuva, because tshuva is oikir the chet lamafreya retroactively, right? So if we want to get a good din, the logical thing would be to have Yom Kippur first, get rid of all the averis, come into Rosh Hashanah a clean man, and when you're a clean man on Rosh Hashanah, you'll get a great din, right? So why is the Torah arranging it in another way? First you do Rosh Hashanah, you're full with sins. You have not been purified. You have not done tshuva. You're full with sins. And we're going to judge you and you expect us to have a good year. And not only that, on the day of judgment, you don't even allow me to work with my past life. Right? So what's the Havana? So Vaistachais, obviously, there is something in the tshuva process of Rosh Hashanah that's so fundamental that you can only get to Yom Kippur through Rosh Hashanah. And the din of Rosh Hashanah doesn't require the complete tshuva process. It requires Rosh Hashanah tshuva. So what is Rosh Hashanah tshuva? That's the question, right? So, Rav Nassim Vachtweigel, I'm sure you've heard of him. He was the mashkiach in Lakewood back in the day when I was there. I was in yeshiva at the end of his life. And Rav Nassim Vachtweigel has... A numerous amount of svarim they put out from his vaden and shmuzin, and over there he says that tshuva's Rosh Hashanah is Rabbeinu Yehuda's Yesaid Hatshuva, which means Rabbeinu Yehuda wrote a book called Shari Tshuva, as we all know, and but he also wrote a little kuntras called Yesaid Hatshuva, the foundation of tshuva, and over there he says a pre-step to tshuva, and the pre-step to tshuva is what Rosh Hashanah is about. It's part of the tshuva process. But it's not something that we normally focus on because we always think about the mitzvah of tshuva. And the mitzvah of tshuva is always charata, aziva sachet, and vidui. We don't think about the pre-step. But the pre-step is the most necessary to pave the way for tshuva. So what is the pre-step? So I'm going to explain it in my terms. But this is the vart. Okay? The problem with us is... The reason why we can't change is because we're connected to our past. That's why we can't change. Because this is the way I have been doing things. This is just me. So I can't see myself changing. So if let's say a person has a phone, an iPhone, let's say, right? And he has family chats and his friends chats and his businesses and his whole thing, right? So his life is connected to this device. His social life is connected to this device. His business life is connected to this device. So what this device says to him is you're stuck in your past. You can't change. He can't see how it's possible for him to ever, ever get to a kosher phone. It doesn't, doesn't can't, he's stuck. Which means, again, I just want to make this very clear. Because the point is, the point is, we're not saying that you have to be a perfect person even after Yom Kippur. But, 
you have to be willing to make changes. The reason why you don't not sincerely making a change is because of your past. Your past is holding you back from making a change. That means that you lose what we call bechira. Bechira means I have free choice to make. Come close. Don't sit in the Ezra's notion. Right? We have a free choice to make changes. That's Bechira. But the thing that holds back Bechira is, I was raised a certain way, I went through certain experiences in life, this is what I've been doing, right? So my past is holding me in chains that I can't change. I can't change because this is my family. I can't change because this is my community. I can't change because of a hundred different things. I can't change, right? And if a person really thinks into it deeply, he will see that he has stolen from himself Bechira. He doesn't have Bechira. Because the world dictates to him how to think. The fashion designers dictate to him how to dress. The society tells him how to, David, come. We'll get David in here too. Alright? The society tells him how to, how to think, how to behave, how to lead his life. His past actions and habits dictate to him how he has to go forward, right? So again, get this clear. Aaron, you getting this clear? Okay, get this very, very clear. So what actually is, go over here. What's actually, taking away your Bechira is everything from behind you. Everything that was behind you is taking away your Bechira. So, right? so if you come to Rosh Hashanah and HaKadosh Baruch is looking at you and he's saying, should I invest in this person life? Should I invest in this person, give to this person life because he will have a better year. But if the person has no Bechira because he's attached to the past He's attached to the past. That says, I could tell you exactly how he's going to act next year. I know exactly what he's going to do. It's going to be the same. And this is the big, big, big problem that we have to face in reality. Why? Because most people know what happens on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. So Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, everybody gets all into it and they're on their best behavior. And then Motzei Yom Kippur, when the pressure's off, then you're back to the same guy. So you know, so it's a scam. The whole system is a scam, right? Imagine a guy, a guy's a heavy, heavy smoker. Okay? He's addicted to cigarettes. The guy's smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Okay? Now, he has to fly somewhere, and then he goes into the airport, and until he gets onto his flight, he's not allowed to smoke because it's in the building. He gets on the airplane, let's say it was a 12-hour flight, he can't smoke because it's a... Uh, you know, can't smoke on the plane. And then he gets off in the airport where he is, and then he has to transfer to another airplane for another couple of hours. So the guy can be 20 hours without a cigarette, right? Do you say that this person's not a smoker? He's still a big smoker, who happened to be in a circumstance where he has to control himself and not do it. But for sure, when he gets off the second plane, and he lands at his destination, and he gets outside of the airport, that second the cigarette's coming out. You understand? And maybe that night he will smoke so much to make up for the whole day that he didn't smoke, right? So here you have a guy who has all these past, past tendencies, 
past weaknesses, his deus, his hashkafas, everything is wired into him already. Okay, so for the t- 10 days he can't smoke. For the 10 days he can't act the way he normally acts. He has to control himself because he knows that he's under the microscope right now. He knows he's facing judgment, right? So what happens? He pushes, he pushes, he pushes, he pushes. I know a guy personally, a guy, who went off the derech Motzei Yom Kippur after a massive, massive Elul. Yeah. He, he just dropped everything, you know. Like all his, he was religious, but he like lost all his religious. He started to vape on Shabbat and do all these crazy things after, why? Because he made himself the perfect person during Elul. And he was restraining and controlling all these things. And then all of a sudden, Motzei Yom Kippur, Hajj. And then the guy went spiraling down like a crazy man, right? I know the story myself, I was you know, involved to some degree. You understand? So, that's not what Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur is. So Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur has to be that you're actually making changes in your life, right? So the point of Rosh Hashanah, the step one of Rosh Hashanah is that you're disconnecting with your past in the sense that you feel empowered to make changes. That means that's the emuna of Hayom Harat Olam. If you remember the other day the rabbi was here, and he said that in the Sepharim, it says, whenever it says in the scriptures, in the Psukim, Hayom, on that day, it's referring to Rosh Hashanah. He brought a Pasuk in Eov, there's other Psukim, that, Hayom. So if, if you ask me, could you define the entire Rosh Hashanah in one word? I wouldn't be able to do that, because there's so many different things in Rosh Hashanah, who's smart enough to define it, right? But the Chazal defined Rosh Hashanah. What did they define Rosh Hashanah? Hayom. The, the, the day. Today. Why is that defined Rosh Hashanah? Because that's the gather of Rosh Hashanah. The gather of Rosh Hashanah that they judge you by Hashem means today is a fresh day. It's a new start. Hayom harat olam. Today the world is being born. That means today you're also being born. You're like a cotton chinoila. Your past is not relevant to your future decisions. That's called restoring your bechira. So we ask the question, what's the judgment of Rosh Hashanah? Is the judgment of Rosh Hashanah a scam? That you're now behaving, not, you look at Ba'asher Husham, right? So it's brought down many sources that the dinner of Rosh Hashanah is Ba'asher Husham. How are you behaving on that day, right? So now you say, great, I'll be a nice good boy today. And I'll get a good judgment, but that's a scam. Because you're not really a good boy. You're just controlling yourself. And that's gonna get you the whole judgment. So the Territ says no. Rosh Hashanah is, I have a past, and I have to deal with the past. And I have to rectify the past, and I have to clean the past. And I gotta deal with the past. But, I am restoring my Bechira to make better choices going forward and I'm not stuck in my past. Okay? That's a very important point. That means I can change. The more you believe in yourself that you can, you can. Doesn't mean that second you're going to change. But the more you believe in yourself that you can change. With time, we we all see different milers like a masmid, a person who's a masmid, he sits and learns all day. And most people say to themselves, I can never reach that. It's impossible. 
I have certain patterns of behavior. I live in a certain society. My friends, my thing. I can never reach that. That means you took Bechira from yourself. You have Bechira to reach everything. Okay? So what happens is on Rosh Hashanah, when we start talking about Malchus, Malchus Shemayim, the purpose of the Bria, the fact that Hashem has an agenda in the world and He chose you to be part of the agenda, and the fact that He's interested in hearing your opinion about the agenda. Meaning, meaning, imagine if I would walk into the President of the United States, somehow I got to him, and I snuck into the White House somehow. And I would walk into the President Biden and say, listen to me, I feel, this is what I feel, this is what Yaakov Harari feels, is this is the way you should deal with Ukraine or something, right? So they will throw me out of the White House. They'll probably lock me in jail too. No one's interested in your opinion and you have no schus to say an opinion, right? But I get up on Rosh Hashanah and I say to Hashem, look, you see, you ever went to J2, pizza shop, Moitza Shabbos, you ever went there? You see all these kids, Nebuch, they come from good homes and they're lost and they're messed up, you know? And nobody could reach them and nobody could get to them. And there's a reason why they're messed up. There's a reason why this is happening to them. And because there's so much ra in the world and there's so much confusion in the world. And they're in pain and they're hurt. And they're being lost and nobody can reach them. So please, Hashem, listen to me. I need you to do something here. I need you to put a little more Yerushalayim in the world. I need you to bring more clarity to the world. I need you to make changes. That these kids should become better. So you, you're saying opinions. Now who gives you a right to say opinions? Who are you? Terence says you're a very massive person. Because you are part of the kingdom. And this is your agenda as much as it is Hashem's agenda, right? So when you see how powerful you are, and how much koichas you have, and what you really were built to do, that's the real you. That's the real you. Ah, you behave this way and that way because that the Yitzhara, he scammed you. He played a game with you. He tricked you. He messed with you. But that's the real me. So once I can go back to the real me and I can believe in the Amun, just like Hashem is recreating the world and He can recreate it in a whole different way. In an instant, in a second, He can make changes. You know, we got that Amun a little bit from Corona, right? Sometimes the world is running a certain way. That's the past. We don't say, how could it have such a drastic change in one second? So Hashem showed us that in Mamish, like in a very short period of time, He changed the whole globe. The whole globe changed in one second. That was Corona. Changed the whole globe in one second. So you see, He gave us like a little chizik in Emunah to show us that if He wants, He could change the whole globe in a minute. And if He wants, He can make the whole globe have Yerushalayim in a minute. It's not a big deal. He could do it. He could do it. So now you see the Emuna, that this could be done, that changes can be made. And you're part of the agenda. So then you have to have Emuna that you have power, and you are restoring your Bechira, and you're detaching from your past. So again, step number one of change. We're not going to have now time to go to step number two. But step number one, and that's Avoidus Rosh Hashanah, is to realize that your past cannot dictate your future. Your past days, your past hashkafas, your circumstances, nothing can dictate your future. And you have the koyach of Bechira to make 
new choices and you can look at things differently. Just because yesterday you looked at learning one way doesn't mean that tomorrow you can't learn, look at learning a different way. You have an open mind to change. That's the first step in change. That's an internal thing and that's called Shuvah Rosh Hashanah because you can't start the process of Harot Azivah Sachet and Bidui called Kama you have no Bechira. Tshuva presupposes Bechira. What restores your Bechira? That's Rosh Hashanah. Okay? We have to stop here for today.